and welcome to the Readings Podcast. Uh, I'm Jo Case, I'm editor of Readings Monthly and counter jockey at Readings Doncaster. Um, and I'm really delighted to be here today with Rachel Kong, the author of Goodbye Vitamin. Rachel's here for the Melbourne Writers' Festival and uh, she, her book, Goodbye Vitamin, has been a real favourite at readings. A lot of staff members have read and loved it and I feel lucky that I am the one who gets to talk to her. Um, this is Rachel's first novel. She's also the author of a cookbook all about eggs and uh, she was the executive editor of Lucky Peach. Uh, so... Rachel's going to re- give us a little taste of uh, Goodbye Vitamin by reading a couple of pages before um, she and I start talking. So now I'll just throw to Rachel. Thank Thanks you. for coming, Rachel. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, we'll just start from the very beginning. December 26th. Tonight, a man found Dad's pants in a tree lit with Christmas lights. The stranger called and said, I have some pants belonging to a Howard Young. Well, shit. I said. I put the phone down to verify that Dad was home and had pants on. He was and did. Yesterday, on Mom's orders, I'd written his name and our number in permanent marker onto the tags of all his clothes. Apparently what he's done in protest is pitch the numbered clothing into the trees. Up and down Euclid, his slacks and shirts hang from the branches. The downtown trees have their holiday lights in them, and this man who called had, while driving, noticed the clothes illuminated. December 27th. In the morning when I go to fetch them, city workers are removing the lights from the trees and the decorative bows from the lampposts. One man unties a bow and tosses it to his partner on the ground. All the great bright gold bows are piled in the bed of an enormous pickup truck parked in the plaza. In that same plaza, a frustrated man is saying to his dog, why are you being this way? A baby in a stroller is wearing sunglasses. Dad, all my hard work, I say later at home. I've collected a pair of pants, two shirts, a few knotted up ties. Now that's unnecessary, Dad says angrily when I return them. I got here on Christmas Eve. I'm home for the holidays like you're supposed to be. It's the first time in a long time. Under ordinary circumstances, the circumstances that had become ordinary, I would have gone to Joel's. His mother would have popped popcorn for garlands and his father would have baked a stolen. His twin brother would have hit on me. In the bathroom, there would have been a new grocery brand toothbrush with a gift label on it. My name in his mother's handwriting, Ruth. This year, with nowhere to go, no Joel and no Charleston, I made the drive down. It's been three or four Christmases away. From San Francisco, where I live, it would have been an easy six hours south. Up to you, Joel would say, but I always chose Charleston. Merry Christmas, we'd tell my parents over speakerphone. Except for Linus being gone, everything was the same. Mom had decorated her biggest potted ficus in tinsel and lights and with the ornaments we'd made as kids. Painted macaroni framing our school pictures. Ancient peanuts I'd painted into snowmen with apathetic faces. She had hung our stockings over the fireplace, even Linus's. When I asked if I could shell a snowman to see what the 20-year-old peanut inside looked like, Mom said sternly, Don't you dare. Christmas morning, Dad pulled out a small, worn red notebook. He explained he's kept it since I was very little. Inside, there are letters to me. He'd been waiting for the proper time to share them, but it had slipped his mind. 
wouldn't you know, until now. He showed me a page from this notebook. Today you asked me where metal comes from. You asked me what flavor are germs. You were distressed because your pair of gloves had gone missing. When I asked you for a description, you said, they are sort of shaped like my hands. Then he closed the notebook very suddenly and said as though angry, that's enough. Thank you so much, Rachel. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry if my laugh was coming through a couple of times. There. <laughs> it was supportive. I appreciated the support. <laughs> um, I, I think that gives a really beautiful flavour of um, the style of the book and that uh, one thing that I was immediately drawn to was the way that you move between um, the, the, the tone is mix, a mix between um, really poignant and sad moments and kind of and very wry, funny um, moments, often observational details. Um, is that... Do you, is that your natural writing style, do you think, or is it something that you developed um, for that book? I think it definitely is my natural writing style and sort of natural way of being yeah. <laughs> also. And I, I think that um, it was purposeful too. You know, there are lots mm. of – there are plenty of funny people in the world who write very serious things and the mm. other way around. But I think for this book I really wanted to um, – write a book that reflected life and mm. I think that life isn't just you know horribly sad or you know really funny <laughs> it's not yeah. one or the other it's often a blend of the two things and so mm. um I wanted to show that and to m mix it all together and I think also sometimes um uh sadness can be amplified by humor and the other way around too um I think Absolutely. just unexpectedness of that emotion um <laughs> you know maybe it's just like a dirty trick that I worked into the book to make people feel feelings <laughs> oh well your magic trick works <laughs> um no I think that's a really good point about the contrast um bringing out each of those feelings um or emotional tones um and I, I have to say, I think my favourite brand of book is sad, a book that really nails that sad funny, because um, I agree with you, that is kind of what life is like. And I think sometimes um, sometimes both of those um, elements are amplified when you're going through particularly tough times because you, you know, can use humour as a coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, and... It seems that your main character, Ruth, is kind of doing that in, with the internal monologue um, yeah. or the journals that she's keeping. Yeah. Is that something that you would? I would, yeah, say definitely for sure. And we were just actually before we started rolling talking <laughs> about the Melbourne Writers Festival mm. and I had gone to see Angie Thomas's keynote speech and she was talking, um, she talked briefly about going to her, just how... Um, uh, sad she was when her grandmother passed away and how it was mm. one of the most difficult times in her life. And she, you know, started kind of choking up a little bit during the speech. But she also said that it was also wonderful after the funeral when mm. all of the family members got together and told stories about um, her grandmother and laughed together and um, celebrated what her life was. So I think... Mm. Um, there's I, maybe they operate like in a similar way, right? Or just like mm. from the same, I don't know anything about brains really, but you know, like maybe it's like operating from the same um, region or something where you're like, 
you can go so quickly from mm. from crying to laughing and I you Absolutely. know sometimes find myself like in a fight doing that or yes. on an airplane <laughs> which uh, I spent many hours on an airplane recently to get here <laughs> and you found yourself going from crying to laughing well on the that's plane. usually like yeah with some um yeah with the right reading material you have to find like, oh I exactly see okay the right, that makes yeah, sense yeah. not like the not plane just randomly that's... that would be <laughs> just like lots of inner resources that I have <laughs> I have a few friends who have a real fear of flying, so I was just imagining that that's, you know, what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it's not and it's just the reading (laughs) material. Um, That's a really interesting theory. I like it um, coming from the same place. Um, One thing that um, I I think I I felt like there were two threads of or main threads of the book that – were working together. Obviously, there were a few, but um, that uh, the breakup um, that Ruth has um, with her fiance at the beginning, which is obviously um, or has just had recently had at the beginning, um, and also she's coming back to this relationship with her parents that she's been holding at arm's length or trying not to face for a while, um, and it's like one has kind of um, one has triggered the other in that her breakup mm-hmm. has has meant that she's she's forced to face this because um, yeah. she doesn't have excuses left. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's a really interesting juxtaposition that works really well. Um, and I wonder if you could talk a bit about why you decided to have those two threads together. Yeah, I mean, I think I. Um wanted to make this a book about uh Ruth is the narrator mm. about her being at this crossroads in her life mm. and not quite having her uh, sh- stuff figured out <laughs> and um and yeah and and um not being quite where she has expected to be and mm. having a lot of the things that she thought um, that she thought were givens in her life mm. um, just kind of pulled out from under her. And I wanted to see her in that moment and see how she um, dealt with it and also like kind of learn to keep going, I guess. Mm. I mean, you have to keep going. Yeah. It's kind of a, just a question of what that looks like. And so um, I wanted to have these two different relationships in her life to kind of show, um, well, you know, back up a little bit, I guess, you know, the book is really a lot about memory and Mm. just about um, the role that memory plays in our relationships, Mm. both with other people and with ourselves. Mm. And so I wanted to show um, or explore, you know, that memory at work in this romantic relationship that she has that Mm. then falls apart. And then this other, these other relationships with her family members and with her mom, with her dad, and just how um, memory plays into all of these different relationships. Um, And because it's so flawed and it's so faulty, it's really a recipe for heartbreak in almost every (laughs) scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also... uh, what makes us human and Mm -hmm. so I think um wanting to 
yeah, um, give a sense of, um, or just, yeah, explore that idea and explore, explore what it means to be a human person in a relationship with whoever it is. And also Mm -hmm. like what, what you think about yourself and how that's, um, related to what you can remember about your own life. That makes sense. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That um, and I, another thing I I think I really love in novels is when they play with the idea of um, the stories that we tell ourselves and yeah. the way that we kind of shape our own narratives, and that's very much woven throughout this, um, including how we define ourselves in relation to other people in our lives. And I thought one thing you did really beautifully was. Um, when you're writing about Ruth's relationship, um, well, post-relationship, that idea of figuring out who she is without that person in her life and both how um, and also how some of the things that some of the ways she's developed in relation to him are perhaps no longer, like they're still there but the reason for it isn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah. So something like, you know, remembering all of the movies that he's seen is <laughs> yes. now totally irrelevant because they're just not together and yeah. where will she have <laughs> any chance to use that knowledge ever again? Um, yeah, I was really interested in um, uh, that feeling of, yeah, when, so- when you break up with somebody mm. and um, it's really devastating because you've, almost um been viewing yourself as like one person that I mean Mm -hmm. that's not a very healthy thing probably but you know (laughs) it happens kind of accidentally sometimes where the memories get intertwined Mm. you're doing maybe you're remembering like where to get um like when to pick up the laundry or something Mm -hmm. and he's remembering something else you know I I think that um there's a sharing that happens in really close relationships that when um, they fall apart, you feel a little bit adrift. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, I suppose, this has been a really formative relationship for Ruth. Um, yeah. She's, like, it, even, you know, to the extent that she didn't finish college so that she could follow yeah. um, her ex-partner across the country, I suppose that's one big consequence of the relationship that's left behind isn't it yeah yeah and her thinking about um yeah what to do with where she's landed um, yeah and I think that um so something else you know just think thinking back to your question about mm. why those two different yeah. relationships being de- depicted the family relationships and then the romantic one um I was also interested in um the fact that um, with Joel, with her ex-fiance, mm. she was sort of looking forward to a future together, mm. counting on something and mm. um, really like just making a lot of plans yeah. based on this other person that then just vanish before her eyes. And she's having to um, figure out quite what to do about that on the other hand Mm. um her relationship with her parents kind of has happened mostly in the past Mm. and um she finds herself not being able to really look to the future because that's Mm. that's you know would be a kind of bad situation for her dad she knows that like the inevitable 
ability is that her father will get worse. This disease is not something that ever gets better. And so she's mm. learning to just, um, yeah, I think uh, instead of projecting herself into the future to just be with her parents mm. and to exist in this relationship fully, more fully in the present. Although, of course, yes. like the past creeps, creeps in. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's kind of that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I thought that was a really um, interesting part of the book too. And she's told, isn't she, by a specialist um, to – to live in the present. Yeah, so. to just be present. Mm, that's right. Yes, right, you kind but, of have that word play, be present. Yeah, I think that the doctor who says that it just means like be around. Yeah. And she she's kind of like, oh, that's so deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's like, no, just be around. But okay, yeah, that too, be present. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean sometimes the, the humour in the book too comes from those kinds of moments where someone says or does something and then – someone else takes um, a meaning that wasn't intended there, yeah. but it's a real meaning for them. Yeah. Um, does that sort of thing interest you and in your... Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, communication in general mm. uh, is really interesting to me and miscommunication, right? Just mm. how difficult it is, even when you're speaking the same language, yeah. um, to understand another person and, like, really understand that person and 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 re fully empathize with them. And I think it is really difficult. And I think um, those moments where people are sort of missing each other or maybe um, <laughs> uh, taking different meanings from the same event, I think mm. is really real. And um, yeah, <laughs> just another <laughs> another reason, another way in which um, it's so hard to communicate. And yeah. Absolutely. And I think there's a beautiful moment where um or I found it beautiful um where Ruth is remembering um a time that she had with Joel at a bar and they um something absurd happened and she remembers she's like oh of course we both remember this yeah but he doesn't remember it at all um and she has a kind of little reflection then on you know if we if we don't remember the same things and we're creating different stories, um, is that a bad thing for our relationship? Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could talk about that yeah, idea. Yeah, that I was it... yeah, that was one of the real questions that I had at the mm. beginning of this. Obviously, I don't <laughs> know the answer. <laughs> if you did, you yeah. could make a fortune. I could yeah. write a self help book instead <laughs> exactly. of a novel um, that just asks the questions. But yeah, I was really interested in um, that aspect of relationships between mm -hmm. people, and um, I was sort of going through a breakup when I started this book and mm -hmm. didn't quite understand why it had ended, mm -hmm. um, you know, based on what I remembered of the relationship, I thought like, this is a <laughs> good thing that we had. And then yeah. the other party did not quite feel the same. And I wondered, you know, what was it? Was it just because mm -hmm. he remembered specific other moments that I couldn't even remember anymore or that I was just like, <sighs> really skewing toward the <laughs> optimistic side of things or what was that like and why why the disparity and um and I and I think about that a lot too when it comes to parents and children and how yes. um you know you're a parent and there's a lot you remember about your 
son's life that um, he doesn't remember himself because mm-hmm. he just wasn't old enough to remember that, you know, whatever, ages zero to whatever whatever it was. <laughs> but um, those memories inform how you think about him, too, and also your yes. love for him, right? And so Absolutely. it's probably very <laughs> slightly, you know, unfair. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, he doesn't have access to those memories. Mm. Um, at the same time, those memories of him are ha- kind of create how you feel about him too, mm. and the love that you have for him. And so I was really interested in that and how these like mix ups and well, just like these these things not matching up quite um, perfectly, and how mm. how that gets so messy, but at the same time can be really special. You know, if you're filling yeah. in those details for each other. And so that's yeah, mm. that's kind of where that that journal. Um, entry, those journal entries from the father come in too. Um, I read a little bit of that at the very end. Yes. But it's just those those little moments from the, the father t- writing to his daughter, I think, mm-hmm. were a way for me to, um, yeah, give us a glimpse into Ruth when she was at that period in her life that she doesn't quite remember she doesn't have access to and she can't tell mm-hmm. us about but her father can yeah that's I, I think that's really beautiful that idea of recording those moments and then giving them to her and um it's especially lovely and just works so beautifully in the structure of the novel um the way that then at some point Ruth like it kind of reverses and Ruth is recording moments in her father's life yeah um was that always your intention for how the book would go or was that something that developed as you were writing? I, I wish I could remember what my <laughs> intentions were <laughs> at all at any point, but I think that it it was a lot of trial and error and trying to figure out what the format would be. But I think that um, I always was really interested in this kind of first person, mm-hmm. present tense type narration. Even though my creative writing professors, one of them I remember was like, never write a book in the, you know, like you never write a book in the second person and you never write a book in the first person present tense because it's just like, <laughs> um, uh, there are lots of bad books that are written that uh. way, I guess was his argument. But mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to write it that way because... Um, yeah, of this interest in memory. And I think mm-hmm. that um, writing things down is a way to remember things, right? To make Absolutely. make a note of things. And so mm-hmm. I was really interested in what gets written down, what gets left out. Um, the father's journal entries, they can be very sweet, but they can also be kind of um, revealing about who he was. Um, and the, the act of him writing it down too, I think is a little bit manipulative and Ruth's like Ah. practice too. Like I think, you know, you're writing the things down that you want this other person to remember. And maybe Mm. you don't want this person to remember, like maybe her, Ruth's father doesn't want her to remember some like less savory (laughs) (laughs) aspects to his personality and wants, wants her to remember, um, the best sides of him. And so there's a way too, in which when you write Mm. things down, you are creating the narrative and you're, you're, um, you're trying to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I guess, and they're both 
when you're writing something down as a record of your shared experience and then presenting it to a person, yeah. there's probably always an aspect of you romanticizing your relationship. Yes. Yeah. Um, which now, yeah, I mean, the father's journal entries in particular are just so sweet, um, often like not saccharine sweet, but there's often a very sweet um, line at the end, for instance. Um, and I, I just, yeah, in the context of what we're talking about, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that makes sense as something that's he's deliberately creating yeah. for his story. Well, yeah, and I don't even know if it's um, maybe that intentional, but of mm. course it it is the result, right? Like yes. the when you create when you write things down mm-hmm. um, for somebody to look at later, you're imposing how you see things and how mm-hmm. like what you've um, collected, I guess. Um, yeah onto that other person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And um, you're communicating it for a reason and whatever yeah. that reason is or whatever your emotions are at that time are going to come out yes. in what you're writing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I'm really interested in that idea of how we create ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. I once a very long time ago um, interviewed Alan Hollinghurst, the novelist, and um, I forget almost everything about that except (laughs) (laughs) that he had relevant (laughs) memory. (laughs) (laughs) Except I just want to name drop. No, (laughs) (laughs) Um, he he had this line about um, the romance of ourselves, Mm -hmm. which I just thought was really beautiful and just really apt. um, Yeah. In, you know, describing the way that we create ourselves um, and think about ourselves, but also the way that that is very much created. Yeah. Um, and I I feel like in this book, um, Ruth is really exploring the way that she has created herself mm-hmm. um, or has been created from uh, a network of important relationships in her yeah. life. Um, and I guess, yeah, I just wondered if, yeah, that yeah. was an intention. That was definitely an interest too. I mean, I'm always thinking about um, how people are so wildly different when it comes mm. to that. And you know, yeah. you know, the sort of person who's like very self mythologizing or yes. has like their set of stories that they always tell, and they're mm-hmm. really good at spinning the whole narrative of their life. Um, you know, that's the kind of person you want <laughs> around a campfire. Yes. Um, <laughs> But I guess I've never felt that way myself. I've never Mm. felt that I've known how to narrate my own life, Mm. you know, to say, like, I was born, I, (laughs) you know, (laughs) in this place, and then I worked my way. You know, like, there was, I don't have that, that um, narrative um, impulse, I guess, which is like a strange Mm. thing for a writer to say. Because I I think, you know, um, that's what people expect, right? Like Mm. you're going to write – a writer is good at telling stories, is good Mm. at um, explaining or at – yeah, just getting you from point A to point B. And I think Mm. that um, I I was interested in writing from a different – writing in a different manner I guess and kind of Mm. you know as you kind of see in the book it's 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 not very plot driven (laughs) um there are different reasons I hope to keep reading Mm. but it's not it's not 
a book that is about, um, you know, a beginning and an end and like this yes. like really strong forward motion. It's more about just like the moments that happen every day, which I feel mm. um, I wanted to kind of explore as another way to tell a story and to mm. um, to show how life is lived. You know, I think mm. that sometimes a lot gets left out in those those narratives that people tell about themselves or about other people. And I think that mm -hmm. I was interested in, um, yeah, the things that get left out, the little details yeah. that sometimes happen and um, that also make up life and maybe don't get the mm -hmm. same um, stage time because mm -hmm. they're just less glamorous or something. You know, like nobody yes. dies in this book. Nobody gets married or has a baby you know like nothing dramatic happens yeah. there's not a lot of blood in it there might be a little bit I don't know maybe like a paper cut or something you know like there's not there's not anything super some dramatic yeah yeah yes. yes just some just some inanimate <laughs> objects get destroyed but you know nothing too bloody and so um I really was interested in um giving a glimpse into those smaller moments that don't normally get get told. Mm, and I think that that's, yeah, that's one of the things I loved about the book. I mean, I it's a very character-driven book, but it's also um, about the dynamics between people, plus all these things we've been talking about, yeah. about, you know, making narratives of the self um, and memory. And so, and I wonder if... Did the journal format help you to do what you were like to have that kind of focus that you're talking about of the everyday? Because I, the, another thing I really loved was all the little detail, the little observational details of just people who aren't a part of um, Ruth's life but are in it in the moment. Yeah, I um, can't quite remember if, well. I think it, it's the novel has really been through a lot of different forms. <laughs> um, it was always in this voice, mm. um, always doing what you've mentioned, mm. kind of pulling in people from the surrounding scene, not just um, what's happening between like our main characters, right? Mm. You can also see the um, the baby in the stroller wearing sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, exactly. <laughs> it's just kind of what this narrator notices and mm. what she's um decided to call our attention to mm. and some days that are more boring yeah. she'll call attention to even more minute <laughs> details you know it's kind yes. of depending on um the day itself um her mood mm. and I wanted to um do it that way because I think that's how um day-to-day -day life at least for me I don't know yeah, is no, lived absolutely. right like I I I really well and part of it too I think was um wanting to show how arbitrary memory is and mm -hmm. how um yes there are just so many things that you remember that don't have any relevance right mm -hmm. that that wouldn't have any relevance to that grand story of your life that you would tell you know yes. like maybe you just remember like the smell of I don't know, a croissant or something, you know, like there's just like so many <laughs> yeah. things that um, make up our lives that clutter our brains that mm. don't, um, that, that wouldn't make it into that narrative of our lives. And I, and I wanted to have that in the book mm. um, as almost a contrast, like 
oh, this is this is life too, and maybe mm. it's more, um, maybe it's more true. Yeah, no, I get I, that. That's a really interesting um, reflection because I think that is how we experience life. Like you say, it's about and um, it's interesting to hear about how you um, chose. Uh, how much or how little to have of these outside yeah. observations and what kind of observations they were. It seems like you're almost in some ways um, mapping the character's emotional state or something. Yeah. And I think um, and another aspect to it too was just um, in a lot of the books that I love, um, sometimes it's not even a plot that keeps me going. Mm. Sometimes it's just a beautifully observed detail or yeah. something that's just so correct about, yeah. you know, <laughs> how it is to be a person. Yes. Um, and so I think specifically in this book that was not a lot about, um, you know, crazy action and about plot, mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to have um, just some surprising um, details and sentences mm. and just things that would kind of keep people afloat yeah. as they were reading. Because that's also, you know, the kind of, you know, like I said, just like mm. the sort of book that I love to read is just the, mm. the, the kind that you're reading, you're reading, and then you kind of get jolted yeah. awake by something really <laughs> lovely. And I wanted to try to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's... well. The the moments of human recognition, um, I think, I mean, as you embarrassingly saw it because you were reading from my book at the beginning, <laughs> I have written all over this book. Um, and a few, it's a true honour. <laughs> good, I'm glad you see it that way rather than I'm graffitiing your oh, work. Oh, no, no. Um, I guess, yeah, people have different <laughs> views on that, but I'm of the, that's the flattery. <laughs> good, good. I've only started doing it recently, but um, I there are my, there are some moments in your book where I have just written "yup" <laughs> next to the line because it did just it just really seems to capture something exactly like you're saying about just what it is to be in the world, and um, there are moments where you've articulated an experience that perhaps I've thought about or has happened but I've not articulated myself before. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you um, enjoy when you're reading other people's Yeah, work? absolutely. I really love to read that. I mean, that's a big joy in reading, mm, right? To absolutely. be reading a total stranger's words <laughs> and then to have them mm. tell you you know, a feeling that you felt or just really, yeah, put the words exactly like you've said, like put the Mm. words to something that you haven't quite had, like, you know, had the inclination or time to (laughs) figure out yourself. Um, And when they do it better, it's almost like, you know, makes your whole day better. You can like, um, it's, yeah, it's very eye opening, I think. And and Mm. I read, I think, for those moments. Yeah. Yeah, I I, th- I think that I often do as well. There's something, it almost feels like you're known in some yeah, way that, yeah. you know, it's, um, kind of makes you feel less alone in the world that someone else has had that experience right, right. or seen the world in that way. And we've been talking about, you know, just how, <laughs> you know, how hard it is to connect with people and how hard communication yes. is. And I think that in mm. those small moments, like when you can kind of breach that wall or when, when the connection can ap- actually happen, um, it's really special and so 
wanting to do that and um yeah and loving to read those is is why they're there <laughs> yep absolutely um I did want to ask you um I I read that you had I don't know if you still do it kept a food journal uh-huh. for a while um where you recorded what you ate every day and that you kind of use this as a way of that you were hoping that it would trigger other memories. And I found that really fascinating and wondered if you could talk a bit about that. Yeah, so um, this is uh, this is this kind of goes back to um, that question that I mentioned earlier of, um, you know, when, in, when two people are in a relationship and mm. one person remembers one thing, mm. the other person remembers something else um, – and the relationship falls apart. Um, I was interested in that question and also um, working through a breakup myself. And while I was doing that, I sort of thought, uh, what if I could just have a better memory, a more perfect (laughs) memory? Like how would I, and this is something that I've been obsessed with for a long time for no good reason, except that I think maybe I have a worse memory than other people. It's uh, very hard to verify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very hard to verify. But, um, but I've always wanted just to be better at remembering mm. things. And so I started this food journal as mm. a an experiment. Um, I thought I'd read a lot about um, mnemonic devices and mm. just ways to cue your memory into the future. And Andy Warhol kept this well, it was not really a diary, but he would, you know, cycle through perfumes. He would oh. wear, like, smell one perfume um, through one season, maybe, like, yeah. a, a few months, and then move on to the next perfume. And yeah. whenever he smelled whatever scent from whatever period of his life, mm-hmm. he could um, then remember moments from that specific period. Because, you know, smell mm. is so... Um, it's just so visceral and you can remember so much when you smell something. Like I still like think about summer school when I smell like a certain kind of eucalyptus tree (laughs) in California. And so, um, so yeah, I was thinking about that and I thought, Oh, like a food diary would take that even Mm. further because there's smell, there's taste. And it's something that you do every day. I'm not a big, I feel like perfume would get really expensive, but <laughs> you know, but food I eat every day and I have to eat every day. And so yeah. I just started it, um, you know, it's very basic. It's not mm. very um, specific. It's not like one cup of, you know, it's not like that. <laughs> it's not a diet thing. It was yeah. more just like writing down all the food I ate in a day mm. um, so that I could look back and see if I could remember details from that day mm. without um, without writing anything real about emotions or who I was with or Mm. whatever it was without it writing anything um that would almost like limit my memory Mm. in a way that you know a a picture does have you heard that like when you get married um and like the wedding photographer sends over all the pictures I've heard people say that you're not supposed to look at the pictures until after like a year because if you look at them immediately your memories will form based on the pictures themselves. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, so like I you're just cre- like you're create, you know, like the human mind is like very, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like just not great at remembering things. Um, memories are always kind of a little bit fake, I think, in their yeah. recollection. 
Um, but I was thinking about that and about how um, I didn't want to have like more description of the day itself mm. color the way that I then recalled the day into the future, you know, yes. so um, I would just write down these very objective things, just like this meal, mm. um, this drink, whatever, and then see if I could project yourself yeah. back into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, I think it, it did work and it was like a successful experiment. It was like really interesting yeah. to see how um, it did cue um, memories and emotions mm -hmm. and even just like how I was feeling that day. I mean, to a degree, mm. like now when I look back on like certain days, I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> anything. You know, I think it works to an extent. Yeah. Um, but it was really interesting and it's something to try if you're interested in. I am really yeah. interested in trying <laughs> yeah. that. Um, it sounds like kind of an almost a memory hack. Like yeah. you found a way to get away to get around the rules that usually apply when yeah. you try to record memories. Well, yeah, and I think in mm. um, I've never been much of a journaler because mm. I would only write in my journal when I was feeling very like a lot of angst or something. Yes. Just like <laughs> I'm so sad. Yes, <laughs> um, I'm so angry, and and that was never it didn't feel accurate to me. Mm -hmm. It's again this like question of like which is more accurate the like kind of um, the notes or the the completed story, uh, mm -hmm. the completed narrative. And so I think sometimes the notes can help more or, or can tell you more than Absolutely. than that than that story that is like the wedding photo, right? That like yeah. shows you a specific thing, but maybe doesn't let you remember the other parts. Yes. Of it, of that day or whatever. No, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, when I I read the interview where you would you mentioned that um, your diaries that you would write when you were just feeling particularly angsty and you'd look back at them and <laughs> like yeah. you just said, and I laughed aloud <laughs> because I'm the same. Yeah. Thing. Um, I I guess most people are probably uh, you're probably feeling unless you're a really good journaler. Yeah. Which I know some people who are. Yeah. Um, you're probably writing when you have some kind of extreme emotion that you want to record yeah. Um, yeah. or work through. And, um, yeah, that's it. I, looking back on my um, child, teenage diaries. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Which you should never do probably. But, um. but maybe you should do just to, to feel better about where you are right now. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing, I did look at them because I was writing an essay um, about a year or so ago and I found – one thing that really annoyed me was that I had so much about this boy who I had a crush on and so little about my family. And yeah. the little bits about my family were what I was happy, you know, what I liked to read now, whereas all this other stuff was so yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. Well, that's actually, yeah, that was something I was thinking a lot about too. Yeah. Writing this book was just, um, yeah, that you could devote so much time mm -hmm. and energy and memories to... Um, uh, maybe someone who doesn't not in the picture anymore, yeah. and and yet not that much time to your family, who mm -hmm. is going to be your family forever. And yes, it's both. You know, I didn't want to say like this is bad. You shouldn't do it because of course <laughs> that's just what happens. It's what happens. It's yeah. just what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was something that I I think about and I I feel yeah. bad about too. You know because. Mm -hmm. 
because yeah what was the point of all that (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's kind of human nature but yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I think in more generous moments I'm like well it's all part of living and that's like really important to Mm -hmm. um self-development but then other times (laughs) I'm like oh if I had just not wasted the time with him or that person (laughs) or like this person or that friendship then I would you know yep hang on my parents more (laughs) (laughs) but would you really yeah that's the question you'd probably just hang out with a different friend or a different relationship yeah totally yeah yeah yeah. and I can say this because I've had the same thoughts (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and that's always the conclusion so yeah um another thing I was dying to ask you just because there are I I love people watching and I wondered if you are a people watcher because of so many great people watching moments in the book. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> I think um, I'm always still like so astonished that everyone's so different, mm. <laughs> just mm. that there are so many people uh, in the world who come in yeah. all different packages and like how they experience the world is so different yeah. from how you've experienced it just because of like that you know the physical body I guess so I yeah I'm a big people watcher and and like I think that's um an important aspect to writing right like just like getting those real details and layers in there you I I think that we've all read the sort of writing that's like devoid of that Mm. and you kind of wonder Mm. Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I guess it's interesting that you say that and thinking about what you said about um, being particularly interested in character over plot here because yeah. maybe people who are particularly um, interested in watching people and their dynamics, that's where their writing goes and some of that mm-hmm. other writing, which obviously I've read too. Yeah. Um, sometimes when it's devoid of that, it's because that's not the part sure, that those sure, writers yeah. are interested in perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. sorry, I cut you off from what you were saying. No, no. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Did you take, do you take notes when you watch people or? I do. I think I'm not as um, good of a note taker as some mm. writers I know. I'll just, mm. you know, kind of write things on scraps of paper or in my phone and then have to collect it all (laughs) later. But, you know, often often I um, people watch too when I'm just stuck and I don't know what to write next. And that's what I, you know, I've taught a little bit of writing um, Mm. and that's something I always recommend is, you know, when you're feeling stuck, when you don't know what to do next, just Mm. like go look at some people (laughs) and write things down, like eavesdrop on a conversation or just um, see how two people are interacting with each other. And often that's can be helpful, you know, Mm. to your own process. Absolutely. And I think it really helps with perspective too, which you're very good at in this book, you know, seeing things from different characters' perspectives and the way that different uh, as I guess we've been talking about that different people can interpret different details in different ways Mm -hmm. I guess you know I think you get a lot of that from just observing people you don't know because with people you know um there are layers of you know yeah your relationship clouds some of that stark observation yeah yeah and I think um yeah it's good to do with strangers to just um you know 
try to extend empathy to those strangers mm. too and to try to like imagine what's <laughs> going on in their own lives it's yeah yes. it's just it's I think it's just like endlessly interesting and mm. yeah mm. and that's what you just said about um strangers like you there's a line in the book where um Ruth mentions that she looks at um, cranky old men doing, <laughs> you know, getting in the way on the sidewalk or whatever um, yeah. differently now because of her um, experience with her father. She sees these people and wonders what might be going on to make them act that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a really um, interesting little kind of fragment of um, how uh, how experiences in your life develop your sense of Mm -hmm. empathy yeah 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 and I think um yeah I think she is often also just like looking for just like looking at people with curiosity and you know interest and um yeah sometimes trying to look for the things that they have in common when Mm. you know like people look so (laughs) so varied and so different and probably have like concerns that are completely different from yours I think um she has just this like observational um yeah impulse yeah yeah um uh there are so many things I would like to cover (laughs) so I'm just like choosing in my head what I will um um I I do want to I'm really interested in the way we've talked a little bit about this sort of thing but um the way stories impose an artificial structure on yeah. lives um, and how that mirrors the narratives that we make ourselves. And I just really love your line, um, the trouble with beginnings is that there's no such thing. What's a beginning but an arbitrary point of entry? Um, and I wondered if you could maybe talk a bit about that idea. Yeah, I, that sort of goes back to um, something we talked about earlier, mm. just about... Um, that parent-child relationship that just that stretch of time that you can't remember about your Mm. own life um because you're too young to and Mm. um I think I've always uh I I was interested in um touching on on that just the fact Mm. that the, the word beginning is so interesting I mean when you're telling a story um you can't you can't start at the very beginning because there's that big blank spot and mm-hmm. you kind of just pick where you want to start maybe like you yeah. did something cute when you were 5 and like you tell <laughs> the person that you're trying to play get in bed with about that one particular story you know like i think it's um a little bit arbitrary mm. and so i wanted to yeah yeah so it depends on the story that you're trying to tell yes it depends on the story yeah Mm. depends on the audience right depends on so many things and um calling attention to maybe the artifice of that Mm. was interesting yeah yeah great it's it's such a beautiful line that um two lines uh, (laughs) to be precise um another thing that I really that really resonated with me was um the way that the two siblings in the book um, have had different experiences of their parents. And I think that's so true of siblings in general, that the time of life 
that you were at and your parents were at and how they coincided can mean that different siblings have had very different childhoods with the same parents. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I was just interested in talking about that. If you... Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, Again, it's that question of what you remember mm. um, and um, – what other people remember what another person remembers um do you have siblings I do I'm one of five wow (laughs) so maybe that's why that resonates yeah yeah five different stories yeah yeah. I have two younger brothers and I Mm. yeah I think that um you know another thing about that is that uh, parents are real people which I think that you don't quite um I don't know, was maybe a realization that came to me a little bit <laughs> later in life. <laughs> uh, I think for most of us. Yeah. And so, um, and of course they go, you know, like parents are humans. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going through whatever at the same time that you are selfishly like having mm-hmm. your childhood, right? So yeah. <laughs> I think that... Um, that this shouldn't be news to this like 30 year old narrator and yet it sort of <laughs> is surprising um because yes, she's chosen not to see it she's kind of chosen sure. not to see it or she's chosen to have her her own version mm. of um of her father like preserved and doesn't quite want to let yes. her her brother's um what her brother says like into that picture because it's hard yeah. you know you want to believe that your parents are perfect or mm-hmm. just that um yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah no absolutely that's kind of it isn't it that she doesn't want his experience to merge with hers because it'll kind of ruin this yeah. idealized yeah. kind of view that she has but i think yeah that she does have to realize oh mm-hmm. that's that is true this is all yeah. true and yes these people in your life who have taken care of you and taken care of you well and they've done yeah. a good job of it um are still just like flawed humans and yes. um they're not um you know her father even though he's going through this terrible disease mm-hmm. um he's by no means blameless no. right you know like <laughs> he has his fair share of issues and so i think um yeah maybe there's like a little bit of a tendency in Ruth to just like want to um, see him as like a kind of blameless figure who's mm-hmm. like has this terrible thing happening to him when in fact um, he's not. And yeah, yeah. and um, it's still terrible, but but there, it's a lot more complicated than just like this tragedy. It's not a straight mm-hmm. up tragedy. It's mm-hmm. also, um, yeah, confusing. Yes. And I, I guess like, Obviously, the um, her father's relationship with her mother had been really damaged um, yeah. at the time when he mm-hmm. became ill. And I like the way you kind of explore the um, the grey area and what happens yeah. there that you don't just switch to because he's not well, I'll pretend nothing ever happened. Yeah. But it's also not the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Um so I guess it it made it made that um relationship and 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 I like that there's flaws in all of the characters. Yeah. No one's perfect and no one behaves perfectly. Um yeah, so it sounds like that's something yeah. that you were conscious of when you were Well, yeah, I mean I, 
I don't think anyone is perfect. No, <laughs> I just no, wanted I... to try to reflect that, again, that real life thing yeah. um, and try to show the ways in which all the characters are imperfect, but at the same time um, trying to mm. be better with one another and also yes. just trying to be happy, I think, is something... Yeah. Um, yeah, that everyone wants. <laughs> Absolutely. And like at the beginning um, or near the beginning with the New Year's party and um, Bonnie, um, uh, her best friend, says to her, like, I think that um, being okay is like the goal for the year. And yeah. I thought, yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're all doing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that extent. was um, sometimes when I'm asked to just like summarize the book, I yeah. say it's just about someone who's trying to be okay (laughs) (laughs) yes um I probably need to start winding up now and maybe that's a good place to do it um but before we go I'd just love to ask you what we always like to ask people given that you know if we're a bookshop um what are you reading at the moment is there anything that you would particularly want to recommend or oh um well let's see what have I just read I just read this novella called Fever Dream. Have you seen oh, this book? I don't know if I have. By Samantha Schweblin. She's, oh, okay. um, I think an Argentinian writer oh. and it's really short. Mm. It's kind of nightmarish. <laughs> it's, um, you could read it in a sitting and it's mm. um, just very haunting. It's about um, a little boy who gets point it's actually hard to describe but it's about um just this mysterious sickness that has come over um some people in a small town a small Ah. farming town yeah and um there's a woman who's narrating the story from um from a hospital bed where she's likely dying and it's just very like creepy and surreal and um a fast read but it's it's very like original and it was it was lovely yeah okay great thank you that's a great (laughs) tip fever dream yeah (laughs) great i i'm pretty sure that i have seen that somewhere on the shelves so i think we probably have it at readings um thank you very much rachel it's such a pleasure to talk to you yeah thank you for having me (laughs) 